Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the VCM Quick Strike for Monday, November 28th, 2022, and happy Cyber Monday. And on that note, from Yahoo News, which is actually repurposing an article that looks like it was on Boston 25 News, FBI warning shoppers of online holiday scams. So I'm sure that you're seeing this all over the place. This is the first one that I happen to run across to share today. According to the FBI, there are two different types, non-delivery and non-payment. Non-delivery is what you would think, that payment is received, but they don't actually deliver. The other one is more from the other side, involves goods or services being shipped, but the seller is never paid. So the FBI is providing tips. Most of these are pretty obvious. Don't click on suspicious links. Don't, don't necessarily follow through of a company supposedly ask you to update your password or account information, check each website's URL to make sure it's legitimate. Of course, really check very closely with all the different character sets. They don't say that here. That's from me. Always make sure that if you're doing stuff, it should be HTTPS. Don't know if there are many sites out there that no longer are HTTPS. Um, do your research if you haven't raised, uh, purchased from the company before. Verify the legitimacy of a buyer. I'm not going to go through all of these. There is one that says, as far as payment, well, first of all, never wire a money money directly to a seller. I think that you can do that if you vetted them. That's, um, that's I don't think that's an absolute. They also say to use a credit card when shopping online and check your statement regularly. Whatever happened to like the temporary cards that you could create? I think that you could have done this in Chrome like a while back. It was a little bit burdensome but on the other hand if you could create a one-time if, if there was a process to create a frictionless or a very low friction process to create a one-time payment number tokenized in a way of some sort that is just like we have for signing on with multi-factor authentication it's only good for a specific one-time use Maybe that would go a long way, but I guess that we're just not there yet as far as being able to produce a solution that is efficient and easy to use. From Security Affairs, US FCC bans the import of electronic equipment from Chinese firms. The firms that are under this complete ban include Huawei, ZTE, and Hytera. I believe I'm pronouncing them correctly. I'm going to read a quote directly from the FCC. The Federal Communications Commission adopted new rules prohibiting communications equipment deemed to pose an unacceptable risk to national security from being authorized for importation or sale in the United States. This is the latest step by the Commission to protect our nation's communications networks. In recent years, the Commission, Congress, and the Executive Branch have taken multiple actions to build a more secure and resilient supply chain for communications equipment and services within the United States. The FCC is committed to protecting our national security by ensuring that untrustworthy communications equipment is not authorized for use within our borders, and we are continuing that work here. These new rules are an important part of our ongoing actions to protect the American people from national security threats involving telecommunications. Now, these new rules implement the directive that was set in the Secure Equipment Act of 2021, signed by President Biden in November. We've talked about concerns that perhaps with everything going on at Twitter, that their security posture might actually be impacted. Well, this actually is from before the changes at Twitter and comes to us from Cybersecurity Hub. 
Twitter accused of covering up data breach that affects millions. And apparently this has never been reported despite affecting millions of users. Any Twitter account with the, quote, let others find you by phone number, unquote, setting enabled in its discoverability settings is affected with this. The breach also allegedly includes the full phone number spaces for multiple country codes in the EU and some area codes in the U.S., um, pre- previously Twitter had talked about a breach in July. They don't think that this is the same. I believe that they are talking about up to 50 million users. It's good. Uh, no, they're just saying millions, millions here. And while this is not apparently tied to the breach in July, they do think that it's the same malicious actors. One piece of kind of common advice is to enable two-factor authentication to protect your accounts from unauthorized logins. I know there has also been some discussion about the potential that secure messaging might be exposed. But with the changes in Twitter, there's been no evidence that it's happened. But if you are concerned with that, of course, you can always switch to a more secure messaging platform like WhatsApp. Or maybe not. From Cyber News, WhatsApp data leak 500 million user records for sale online. Apparently, someone is allegedly selling up-to-date mobile records of nearly 500 million folks. Uh, this includes the United States, uh, the UK, Egypt, Italy, Saudi Arabia, France, and Turkey, and Russia, and and I mentioned UK before. Cost for this, you can get the US data set for $7,000, the UK for $2,500, and Germany for $2,000. Article goes on to note that such information is mostly used by attackers for smishing and vishing attack. So this doesn't really indicate that there was any breach of messages, but could be a first step in that. Nothing is secure, or at least completely secure. Over a dozen new BMC firmware flaws expose OT and IoT devices to remote attacks. This coming to us from the Hacker News. Apparently, BMC, which refers to a specialized service processor or system on chip that's found in server motherboards and is used for remote monitoring and management of host system, including performing low-level system operations such as firmware flashing. So this is something that is more affecting IoT items, and they do have a CVE out there. Let's see, CVE 2021-44467, which is being affected and that that also could be chained with CVE 2021-26728. So if this is items that you have on your network, you might want to check it out. And seeing is how it's Cyber Monday, I've got a couple of thoughts based on an experience I had this past weekend, maybe related to cybersecurity, maybe not, but I feel the need just to talk about it. 30 seconds. One of the outcroppings from the pandemic that I could say that it was something positive for me was I really jumped into the concept of online shopping and delivery. That's not to say I never did it before. In fact, one of my early computers I remember buying um, back in the late 90s, I believe it was, it probably would have been about 98, I'm thinking. And I bought that completely online and it was an exercise in trust without a doubt, but then again, I mean, if you give your credit card number over the phone or back in the day too, I don't know how many of you remember if you're 
if you're younger than a certain age, you probably wouldn't remember this, but they used to take credit cards and do a trace of it, if you will, through like a credit card machine. And, and that would imprint your credit card number, which was raised on the plastic card back then. That was the whole point of them being plastic cards. And they would take that number and it would be imprinted. And then that's how they had your number. So a lot of paper there that could have been dumpster dived and all that. But anyway, I digress. Absolutely love the idea of doing online shopping and, and the pandemic brought out doing it for things that I never would have thought about before. And, and this one particular example is protein drinks. I would go to the store, to the grocery store, usually a Publix nearby or Kroger, and would just on a semi-weekly basis or whatever, buy drinks. But I often found that what I wanted wasn't in stock or sometimes it was in stock and it wasn't. But Amazon has this great subscription service. And so for the past year, I have been taking advantage of that, but no more. And the reason for this is that the last shipment I had of protein drink, for whatever reason, they didn't deliver it to my house. They said that it was waiting at a UPS store for my pickup which I didn't really understand this business process. Now, I understand that Amazon contracts out to different carriers and so forth with regards to how they fulfill that last mile. I don't have a problem with that. But what I do have a problem with is when information from one item is used for information on another item. Like, for example, I have a stock um, answer in my UPS account, if you will, that if I get a UPS delivery, I'd prefer to pick it up here at this store. And usually, I believe that when I put that in, I hardly ever get UPS deliveries. But when I did put that in, it was during a time when I wasn't sure exactly if I was going to be home. I think it was traveling that week. I just wanted to make sure that it was not left on the, on the porch for safety purposes, obviously. Well, regardless, Amazon contracting with UPS to deliver last mile for what accounts what amounts to 24 bottles of Gatorade with protein in it is really an information i i think it's an information i won't use the word breach but maybe misuse because i never had any intent of amazon using my ups settings for my amazon order and i went around and around and around with amazon on this and to a smaller extent ups but really I have the relationship with Amazon. Amazon should deliver to where my order says to deliver, regardless of what carrier they use or whatever they use, but they would not relent. And since they will not relent, I will no longer do subscription-based delivery with Amazon, at least for now. I can figure out another way to do it. I was getting a little sick and tired of those Gatorade protein drinks anyway. But the bottom line, and again, is it really information security related? Well, I'll leave that up to you. In this interconnected world, would you expect that information that you have totally independent on one company from another, the only connectoid is that the other company uses the first company for fulfillment of some duties, would you expect that information to get involved in that whole relationship there? I wouldn't. I wouldn't at all. It's caused me to think a little bit more about how much stuff we have out there, how interconnected things are. So while the pandemic shining light on the ability to almost instantly order stuff and have it delivered and some, sometimes within an hours um, and certainly grocery delivery as well within hours. Some of that I think is wonderful. Are we really 
at the point now where we've got too much information in too many other places. At the very least, for all of us, we need to incorporate that new reality today in our own personal security and privacy risk assessments. And that's it for today. We got a great discussion tomorrow with Sherry Hotman. She is of the Hotman Group. She is a CPA, has her MBA, and is a CISSP, which is a very rare combination of credentials and infosec. She's also a virtual CISO, and we talk a lot about the virtual CISO world and also navigating the quote, land of 1,000 piranhas. So if you want to know what that means, 1,000 piranhas, check into the podcast. And then on Wednesday, we've got our November end of the month special with Jacob Horn. He is a guru when it comes to everything NIST 800-171 and CMMC. If you're into that space and you haven't reached out to him on LinkedIn, I would encourage that you follow him. Great conversation with him as well. So check those two episodes out this coming Tuesday and Wednesday. And until then, stay secure.